So, uh, so okay. So, welcome everybody. Welcome to our dear listeners uh, to our podcast. We have a very special show today. We have two guests. We have we have one guest of honor, uh, and we have and we have Puzak. No offense, Puzak. You're I mean, you're, you're a great you. guest, but you're you're kind of just here to provide just another perspective because our real guest, right? The honor is mine. Is the great is the great Joseph Overbay. Welcome, Joseph Overbay. Hey guys. Welcome, All right, so, so, so here's a little background on Joseph. Uh, uh, I met Joseph, and Tom did as well, uh, in 2000, what was that, 2010? 12. That what, 2012. I think so. Yeah, 2012, when, when we all individually, well, Tom and I went together, but Joseph individually went to a whiskey-making workshop course. It was a week long in Petaluma, California. So, so imagine this, right? Uh, Tom and I are working like in, in financial services, kind of disgusted by the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Tom, are you not disgusted anymore? Because it's been, it's been a while. You're still. <laughs> All right, we'll get to that later. But, but we weren't there like disgusted. And, and we got to this thing, and it was a five day long thing where every single day they took you in, in one little, very specific piece of making whiskey. And by Friday, You've learned every single step along the way. And at this, at this thing, at this five-day extravaganza, there was probably like 20, 30 people that mm, went, yeah, attended, yeah. from all parts of the country. And everybody there had dreams about opening up a distillery <laughs> and, make, and make it, no, making whiskey, for sure. I mean, nobody went there just as a hobby. Right, yeah. Everybody, was, everybody had a plan or some yeah. plan, except for Tom and I. <laughs> by, around, by around day four, yeah, Tom well, and I what were, were like, you guys doing maybe there? We'll, maybe, yeah, we were like, maybe we'll, just, maybe we'll just stick to working on computers and desks in Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> uh, but one of the fellows that we met there was Joseph. And we kept in touch yeah. because he, he lived in Brooklyn and it was very convenient because everybody else fucked off to all sorts of parts of the country. Right. But, but, Joseph, but Joseph stuck around. And Joseph, not only did he go to that workshop, but he actually did it. He started making his own whiskey. Mm. Yep. And, and you know, we, we've kept in touch through all these years. I lent a little bit of a hand. I was there like one, one or two days. Setting, oh, you know, no. You, set yeah, up. you guys totally like you scraped, I mean, it was a long day. scraped paint and totally like, uh, you know – just you know, allowed yourself to be exposed to lead and whatever else was in that yeah. uh, yeah. that it was uh, fun. lovely place. <laughs> that was nuts. Yeah, was that the, was, Did you only have that one place? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So okay, so hold on, I'm, I'm yeah. jumping ahead. So so let's talk <laughs> about that. Tom, did I miss anything in that introduction? That's how we met Joseph. Yeah, see, that's well, how you... we met. It was like we were in we were in some garage in some just you know garage ish distillery in Petaluma. And like meeting everybody, and it was like, "Hey, that guy's from Brooklyn," and it was like, "What?" <laughs> well, you know, right. if you if you guys actually remember, we actually met before that. Whoa! Um, Where? Yeah. What? So, so I don't. You know, this this probably has gotten lost in, you know, the the fog of time. But we actually met at a a tasting at the very first Kings County huh? Distillery site which was way out in the middle of like oh. somewhere in East New York. And it was like a teeny oh. tiny 150 square foot room. And they were just kind of like spitballing it. Um, they had those, those had... little five gallon stills. Yeah. yeah the little teeny tiny, yeah. like the, the teeny tiny stills, you know? Uh, and that's, that's actually, we were at that tasting together. 
That's right. Oh, I mean, well, I don't know if we knew you that. I mean, we, obviously, we didn't make the connection. No, Did we, we realize we we knew each other. Like, yeah, oh, we I yeah, met each other because it was like when we when we were in Petaluma. You know, it's like we were we're all kind of like looking at each other, and we're like, hey, what didn't I, where did I see you before? <laughs> at the time, Joseph, you had these. You used to wear these very distinctive white. Big thick glasses. Yes, yes. The white, the white, the era of the white glasses. <laughs> right. Those are dope. By the way, speaking of white glasses, look, this is kind of a, a tribute to you. I have, I have. This is like my, this is like my slick designer glasses that I wear. Mm. Oh, those they're are like, nice. Yeah, they're very nice. Those, yeah, they're they're all right. They're not as cool as your white ones from those, the from the early blue? aughts. They're yeah, blue. Yeah. I have to, I have to good, say, yeah, white glasses is are that high maintenance. Yeah, the good news is that, that the listeners can appreciate your eyewear. Oh, God damn it! Well, yeah, if you could see what I'm looking at, you'd see these cool blue, like Elvis Costello things. But anyway, so yeah, so we met at King's uh, King's Distillery, or at least we 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 we, we admired each other's frames. Not that no, I have frames. Yeah. But then we were in Petaluma day two, mm-hmm. and uh, and there and there he was. There was Joseph, and I remember you were you were taking lots of notes. Like you you had like this oh, book, yeah. and you were you were really paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Like you, almost to the point where, and I remember like uh, the guy Bill also made a comment about it like this guy over here is he's taking a lot of notes he's paying attention tom and i were like <laughs> we're like oh that was cool i got a, I got a book i got a book full of notes not as many as joseph you do? yeah i got some notes yeah over. yeah i th- I, th- I, th- I think i still have my my i'm sure well, i'm sure i have my whiskey notebook that i kept my distiller's notes uh all the all the the secrets of uh all the the secrets that were revealed in petaluma um (laughs) (laughs) but that that was an amazing week i mean it it really it really was incredible yeah Uh, yeah it was a lot of fun and we made donut shine so that's right that was the first thing we made yeah, so let's take our listeners through what it w- what the week was like, and also how to make whiskey. I think this would be kind of interesting. A lot of people have no idea. That's so, right. so, so, yeah. So, how do you start, Tom? What do you remember? Because I, I mean, I think the, you start the, with like I think you start with corn. Am I right? Well, no, Is that but right? The, but the first no, but Joseph Joseph mentioned you know the very first day there, it was like you know everybody kind of kind of gathers and they had like dinner set up, and we basically right. made like they had like a hundred gallon like cooler that you would put like tuna in if you went you know catching fish right right? and they basically made like a hundred or i guess probably a hundred gallons of beer right they had barley and to prove a point he he poured like uh bill added like fruit loops to it right the cereal and then like we fermented it in a garbage can because he was like, it's not that hard, right? <laughs> Remember that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that, that was kind of a cool demonstration because it's like, I, I think, you know, it's like whiskey making has this kind of like, you know, mysterious aura around it. And like, of course, you know, there a, a lot of it is, you know, science, you know, uh, and some people get into the side of that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you're just fermenting stuff, you know, right. and you can ferment just about anything, so, <laughs> including Fruit Loops. It was amazing, yeah. And I remember, like, like two two days in, you know, we like, you know, the, these f- two fifty-gallon garbage cans full of, you know, Fruit Loop shine, Fruit Loop beer are like bubbling away, mm. and all the distillers are looking at like the bubbles on the top, and they were like, like these are professionals, right? And they were like, that looks about right. 
And I'm like, <laughs> it's, like, it's literally yeah, like, a beer in a garbage can. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, was that's this in a garbage much, bag in a garbage can? Happens. Was it a garbage bag in a garbage can or just like it a was like a garbage new, can? A new 55 gallon gray garbage can. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, you know the 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 garbage can is is very uh, is actually a highly sought after distillery tool. Uh, so I wow. I've, I've I've seen it I've seen the the plastic garbage can in use at, at many uh, distilleries <laughs> of all sizes. Uh, Amazing. Well, they're big. You they're light, and you can move them around. Yeah, and they're kind of they're sort of and they cheap, got handles. You know? Cheap. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, so That's you can amazing. get a. You can get a big plastic garbage can for fifty bucks, or you can get a stainless steel whatever for you know a thousand. So um, right. yeah, yeah I was always amazed that can. yeah I was always amazed when when you watch the videos of them climbing Mount Everest and they've got those aluminum ladders. It's like just a common device, but that's what they use. <laughs> they take aluminum ladders and you know what? They strap them together, <laughs> and they're like going across <laughs> this big crevasse <laughs> using a regular everyday item you can get at Home Depot. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So then, so then, um, so then we did that. The other thing I remember is we went to like a barrel making place, right? Oh yeah, because that was you, that was so cool. Yeah, that was cool. That, that was, was there my was favorite nothing part. like household about that. Yeah, say there was fire, there was wood, there was like there was yeah. Like, well, because because you know Petaluma's in uh, people don't know is in Sonoma County, so it was a it was a Cooper's. You know they're making wine barrels, but it's the same. It's basically the same thing for uh, whiskey. So it was like that was fascinating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I remember that barrel room where they're like, they're cauterizing the insides of the barrels and they had this, it was this crazy room. It's like, there are all these guys, you know, wearing like respirators, uh, and there are these like furnace pits in the floor, I guess they were like gas fired and they would take the barrels that were, you know, kind of like not really fully, you know, fully assembled yet. They were still kind of like the splayed open a little bit and they would put them over yeah. the fire pits to, you know to toast to toast the insides of the staves uh and then they'd assemble the barrel sli- a, a little a little tighter and then they put it over a different fire that was a little hotter to you know put the char on yeah. it and it was just like and this room was kind of like it was it was it reminded it was you know it was kind of like hades you know because it's yeah, like, it was yeah. like the pit of hell fire totally. coming out of the floor there's yeah. like smoke every you can't breathe in there it's like you know and everybody's wearing these like crazy respirators except the you know the tourists who are like uh you know <laughs> so, you know so us, poor soul. i i e us gagging. joseph taking notes <laughs> yeah <laughs> me like scribbling my notebook that's <laughs> like it's Burn like when you barrel. go to the dentist and they put that lead vest on you, and then they, before they press the button, they run out of the freaking room. <laughs> and you're like, "What?" But that was that was so, you know that, that was that was that was really amazing, yeah. The um, and I remember they they afterward I looked that up. They said they said you know barrel makers are um you know how they put like the the sign on the wall like days since an accident you know 349 days like barrel makers always have the lowest number because. Mm it's a very dangerous job and there's no way around. It's like, there's no way around like, you know, hitting somebody, hitting yourself on the, with a hammer or like, you know, getting yeah. seriously injured. Um, yeah, they were, they were, uh, they were all Latinos from what I remember. All the, all yeah. the people working the fires were all like brown skins and uh, it made quite an impression. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are doing really fucking hard work. It was hard. Yeah. 
and yeah, all and, like, and, oh, and, and they're all the very slaughterhouse skilled. wasn't hiring right you know yeah. <laughs> and they're all very skilled craftsmen i mean it's because the whole thing is made by hand every barrel's unique yeah it's amazing yeah there's no amazing. there's no barrel making robot um, <laughs> and there, yeah. there probably never will be <laughs> yeah uh, and then the other thing I remember was, you know, again, you, were, you know, you took him to your whole the whole life cycle, and we had like, a, maybe we had like a bottle, uh, like a specialist come in one day, and they they told us all about the bottles and the sizes and the cost and why you wanted the shape, and it's all marketing, and like this is how they stack up against each other, and you know, it's, it was a really amazing course because you yeah. just yeah. learned every single, and they brought in speakers for every single piece of like the process, right? Yeah. Uh, and in the background, this thing is like, you know, it's fermenting, and in the end. We distilled it, right? Yeah. And uh, and and that was something. And I, I that smell that Joseph, you probably now so familiar with, oh yeah, is is a unique smell when you're you know when you're when you're distilling. Mm. It's like this weird sweetness, uh, and it's amazing. And what what I learned in that, and Tom, you can attest to this. We talked about this. Was there's a lot of downtime during this, so you're making the, like you're making this stuff, and it's a lot of work. But then you have to wait, right? You not only do you have to wait like in the actual distilling process. But you also like once then you got to put it in a barrel and then you have to wait. <laughs> and then that's like. And then remember they had that ring, that thing where they had that long. So they had this game in this garage where they had like this long string, probably like must have been 20 feet, maybe yeah. 10, 20 feet. And they had a, a like a ring at the end of the string, like a like a hook, oh, I like a loop. about this. And at the end, and they, what they would do is they would just be like killing time, right? So yeah. they would stand away from the on the wall, and there was like a hook on the other end of the wall, and they would just grab this this string and pull it back, and they would just like let go of this and disrupt, and they would swing, and they would they would try to hook it into this loop. It was like a simple game, just try to get this yeah. loop into this hook. Like five grown men would spend like eight hours a day doing. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, holy shit, these guys. And these guys would like do it without looking. You know, what's this? Yeah. Like, and it's it was like impossible. And then I, and you realize, whoa, these guys spend a lot of fucking time in here, <laughs> like <laughs> essentially like shooting, you know, shooting bullseyes at this thing from like you know 10, 20 feet away. But but we went back home, right? We went back home. It was amazing. We we you know we starry eyed, and then and then and then Joseph went ahead and did it. Yeah. You know, how, Joseph, how much longer after that that course did you? You know, I, I want to. You know, it was it was kind of a long process, you know, because it's like, yeah. I mean, the crazy, you know, I'm, you, you know, distilling, kind of, probably has some of the the tougher regulations as opposed exactly. to like beer making and wine making, which you know, kind of had this like, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you kind of have to go back to prohibition and realize that like alcohol was illegal for a couple years which is crazy uh and the government made all these these rules about you know how alcohol could be produced when you know prohibition was um you know rescinded you know before that you know it's like there were yeah there were regulations but it was pretty much you know people were just distilling making beer making wine left and right you know because it's you know it's like it's it's part of human culture so it's like you have all these you know, basically every culture in the world, you know, makes some kind of alcohol, uh, yep. you know, so, so what, you know, so there were all these kind of like crazy regulations put in place and that were really restrictive. And then kind of, I think it was, I, I guess it was like in the eighties with maybe under Carter, uh, I want to say it was like, they, they started loosening, loosening up the, the, the rules for beer making and wine making. And it kind of, 
created this like huge explosion of like craft beer, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden it's like the restrictions were off. You know, it wasn't just like big corporations that could make beer. It was like the little guy. Um, so but it kind of took a it took a lot longer for uh, that to happen to distilling. Um, and because, of, you know, all, there's also state regulations to contend with, you know, so here in New York State, you know, which you know had like, you know, previ- you know, prior prohibition has this like really rich and interesting history of, you know, brewing and distilling and it you know everything was just kind of like shuttered you know for for decades um but then you know the legislature you know the, the state legislature they kind of saw it's like okay well craft beer is like you know a big industry now and you know wine making is a big industry now and all you had to do is like loosen up the you know lo- loosen up the cuffs a little bit <laughs> right you know so it, it kind of started to happen with uh you know, distilling too. And I mean, like in New York state, I mean, a lot of that is thanks to this guy, uh, Ralph Enzo, who was the the dude who started uh, Tuttletown distillery uh, upstate. Yes. Uh, so the, the Hudson, the Hudson whiskey brand, uh, which is right. Like, Those little bottles. Yep. So yep. like, so Ralph, you know, I don't know if you guys knew the story there, but like Ralph, like, I think he was like, I've, I've I, I don't know him personally, but I've, I've kind of met him like, socially through the the craft skill uh, new york state craft distillers guild when i was in it uh <laughs> and you know ralph, ralph is an interesting guy i mean i think he kind of made his he kind of made his money in climbing gyms um and he and i guess he had this i think i think the way the story goes is he had this idea to start a climbing gym uh, upstate new york where people people would go and it would be kind of like a resort retreat you know, and they go there and they climb and they eat like, you know, Berkshire pork chops and, you know, <laughs> drink, you drink Coach Rhone and it would just be like a, you know, like a, like a climbing paradise or something. So he bought this like piece of land up there. Uh, but all the local, the local gentry, when they got caught wind of like, you know, this, their neighbor turning this property into like a hippie commune for climbers, they, they like, you know, they gummed up the works basically and they 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 made it so you know through talking to this guy and this guy and the mayor and this other person you know he he, so he couldn't open his climbing gym and he started talking to the lawyers and he's like okay well what can i actually do here and they're like well you know they can't stop you from having a farm um so and i guess i guess he didn't have a huge interest in farming because i think sometime after that he was like okay well farm distillery um <laughs> and and that's kind of that's kind of where it got started you know i think he's yeah. you know i i kind of got the impression he's just kind of the guy that would like drive up to albany and like find the person in that office yeah. complex that he would need to kind of like you know sweet talk or glad handle or kind of put some pressure on to you know get the legislation uh changed and and that's where that's kind of where it all started is like new york state farm distillery uh law opened up small distilling and mm-hmm. and everything else is kind of like but that yeah. was i remember i, I remember history. that's when you know when when tony and i looked into um we're first looking in the, the course we had read about that farm distillery law that you mentioned and it was like it was basically like you know the cost of a license became almost, you know, a few thousand dollars instead of tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. But the 
but the the additional restriction or you know requirement was that you purchased some percentage of your you know raw material your grain from from New York state right yeah. so there was this like positive feedback loop within the state you know in terms of like distillers purchasing mm -hmm. the product of farmers um but it it created this huge you know like you said like a small change in regulation created this huge like created an industry overnight of like yeah. you know farm distillers yeah you know right which which you, you know was like the whole opportunity yeah. Well, the, the the other opportunity is that is that uh, the other thing I remember from that class is that is that booze was used as currency in 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 the early American you know history, right? Yeah. Because uh, no. everybody loves booze, and before they had a common currency, it was it was it was literally liquid, right? So well, you, you could exchange booze for well, food. Yeah, because if you were if you it. were like a if you were a frontier farmer, your 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 you know ox would eat all the grain by the time you got it from the frontier to the um or to the market spoil. you know like to you know right. pittsburgh was like the western edge of the country but like the farmers are way out in kentucky and right. and uh if you could turn your you know one acre of grain into one air one barrel of of whiskey you could actually transport it to a market yeah right. yeah whiskey whiskey is kind of like pretty a, easily it's like yeah. Yeah, whiskey is kind of like the agricultural equivalent of like a battery, you know, yeah, it's like, exactly. you know, it's like right. you can take corn, you know, like, I mean, I mean, going back, you know, to like 1800, 1850, whatever, I, I don't know, like one of those years, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if you, if you, if you had, you know, if you're growing corn in Kentucky, yeah, it's like, era. it was, it was, a, the, yeah, the, the sidebar era, you know, it's yeah. A, yeah yeah, you know, easier to transport, doesn't to transport, spoil, doesn't boil. easy yeah. to sell, and you and you have a big party at the end. I yeah. mean, yeah. what's better than that? Highly, it's highly, a highly valuable commodity. Right, uh, which is why, which is also why the government wants to control the shit out of it, right? Because, yeah. uh, because they want to get their hands on it. They want to get their hands on it because they can make a lot of money with taxes. Well, but yeah. the, 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 if you think of if you think of like like we're saying, you know, the you know pure call it tonnage or acreage of that agricultural product, how much, how many square feet are in every bottle of whiskey? Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, you know, it's not like the surface area or the, the, you know, the footprint of a bottle of whiskey is, is this, you know, the amount of grain. It's like a lot of grain. So that right. in terms of um, something that's easy to keep track of and tax, yeah. it's like, you know, you're, like you said, you're like condensing it. Right. It's amazing. It's like a hundred dollar yeah. bill. Instead it's like of having a bunch of singles, you got a hundred dollar bill. Look at that. <laughs> Much easier to stick it. Nick shows up. Except with the you insight. can drink it. <laughs> I don't know why so, I'm doing this tonight, but that's I guess what I'm doing. Tonight. That's great. So so okay so um so it's still pretty heavily controlled, right? You can't like you can't just be distilling in your apartment. You 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 can get into a lot of trouble if you don't have the right yeah you know licenses and whatnot. Yeah, you know I think you know there. Are, you know, there, there has been kind of like a, a, like I mean, outside of like people setting up their own distilleries, there there is kind of like a, a big interest, uh, you know, in hobby distilling, and there's a lot of people that have like hobby stills at home, and yeah, there's there's you know, technically it's still legal, but I th I think kind of like the the regulatory position is like as as long as you're not trying to sell it and you don't blow anything up. 
you don't care. <laughs> right. That that's what you I know? thought was the whole reason is you could actually yeah. develop gases that you don't want in your garage. I mean, you know, I think to have a, you know, I've got my own opinion about that. So <laughs> No, I don't know anything about it. I want to hear about it. That's what I heard. No, you know, it's like it seems like every time I've heard of like a distillery fire of like some like crap, you know, you know, like hobby dude it's they're always trying to do something stupid it's like you know it's like oh well you know we we didn't want to fire the still with electricity so we brought in this propane burner from when we right. fried the turkey at thanksgiving and now we have a fire it's like <laughs> uh, you right. know it's always some stupid story like that it's like right. we were we were trying we were trying to hide the still so we put it in the old barn filled with dry hay mm -hmm. you know it's like... <laughs> right you had it coming. <laughs> um, the other thing that could go wrong is, uh, and I remember this was uh, the heads and the tails mm. of of, oh, a, of, yeah. a, of a run, right? Joseph, yeah. can you talk about the heads and tails and yeah. the things that could go wrong with with not knowing when that is? <laughs> yeah, so you know, so there's you know, so there's not just one kind of alcohol. There's like different different compositions of alcohol. So it's like when you when you start distilling, it's like they they come off the still at different temperatures, you know. So it's like there's this kind of like temperature gradient where like okay well alcohol evaporates at i think i i I'm, i think it's 165 <laughs> it's been it's been, a, it's been a little while you know but some some of the you know some of the more the undesirable alcohols uh will vaporize first you know so like the methyl alcohols that you know or the acetones and that's that's what's in the heads you know so it's like that's that's generally like the one of the first things that's cut out, you know. And the and those you don't are, want to drink that. Yeah, you, you don't want to drink that. But you know the the thing is, it's like there are, there are some spirits in the world where you know there there is no cutting. It's like it's a full Oof. it's the right. full run of the still, you know. Uh, but in whiskey making, that's that's part of like the the craft of the you know right. the distiller is like you decide when to make the cut. So it's like you can right. you can do it based on numbers. You can do it based on uh taste or smell um you know i think everybody has a different technique but it said you know it said head cut um that's kind of most important i, f I feel like because you know right. those those alcohols they don't have a good taste uh yeah and then there's a there's a you know there's the hearts you know which what is hearts. the the middle the middle part of the the temperature gradient where you're getting like the the pure ethanol uh, off the still and that's that's kind of like the sweet spot. And then the tails, like there's nothing wrong with the tails, you know. It's just kind of watery and smells like a dog. So you you make right, a cut there right. too. That was. <laughs> but I, I remember I remember when we did the Fruit Loop experiment. You know, these guys were like, okay, now we're gonna learn about the heads. Yeah. And remember, this is acetone, and if you eat if you drink this stuff, you lose your optic nerve and you go blind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, what the f, right? <laughs> but that that was the uh, thing that I that was the thing that I really remembered was you know we're we're you know you're, we're doing a, a full run off of this off of this still and you know just this like trickle of pure clear you know liquid is coming out and at the beginning it smelled like you know paint remover yeah and yeah. then it's and then oh, at like some nail, nail polish nail remover. polish remover like really really toxic like no yes. way you're gonna drink this and and then you know so that went into one bucket and then, but they were like sticking their finger, right? How were they? I remember they were like, "Yeah, you could spell it," and they would like they would like tap it with their finger, yeah, and, like you, lick their finger. And then, and but like, then at some at some like, point, oh. at some point, it became it became like you know very hot tasting, right? You know, almost like whiskey, but not aged. 
and then the tails, yeah, like it started to smell hairy, you know, like dog. <laughs> and I remember, I remember, like, like they they were like, you know, get more surface area, so you would like, you put your finger in it, and then you would like rub. I would rub, you know, they were all rubbing it on their arms, so like I'd rub it like on my arm to like get more evaporation and like smell. And I was like, wow, that it feels like oily and it smells, you know. And wow. it was very, right. it was, was very amazing, like very like. And now it's interesting, like having seen the whole process all the way through, you know, you can go and like have a, have a glass of whiskey and you can think like, does that taste like heads, you know, like scotch, scotch, you can, sm I can smell like those acetony smells versus like some whiskey has like a, if it has like an oily feel, you think it, I think it, mm -hmm. start thinking about it has more tails. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. Yeah, it was really cool. It yeah. Really cool. And that you know that also has to do with the 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 style of the still as well. So it's like I mean one thing, right. you know, one thing that's kind of like uh, the, the still design that's sort of indicative to whiskey making is the pot still, you know, which just has mm -hmm. a very, you know, like a, a extremely simple design. You know, it's basically just a, a column with a condenser on the end, uh, and that's you know that relatively small column. You know, allows some of the some of the, some of the oils like in the the mash that's being heated to actually travel with the alcohols into the condenser. Whereas, you know, if you look at a vodka still, it looks totally different. It's like these like multiple like really tall columns, and the whole point right. is to to with remo windows to remove right. those oils. You know, so that's it's like right. you just you just get the pure ethanol. Whereas with whiskey, you actually you want some of those those oils because they that's what contributes to the the flavor profile. That's right. Right. We we went to see a guy. I just remembered now with you describing that still. We went to see a guy that was just setting up his still and he was going to make gin. Mm. That it was, was his. Do you remember that guy? The, the Brooklyn Gin guy down in Sunset Park. No, no, no. But this was with this was with this week. It, the week we were up here. Oh, that. We oh, went up to there. like oh. a guy that was just getting and he was like literally like oh. unwrapping it. This was oh, the yeah, guy yeah. talking about how you yeah, make gin, <laughs> and he's like, it was "Yeah, called, I wonder, I wonder it, what happened to that guy." It, it, yeah, his, no. it was called Falcon Distillery. I, I still remember. That's right. And the the funniest thing, he was—I can't remember where he was from. He, he was like French or something, but he—I remember it was like it was like ten in the morning, and he out of like a mason jar poured everybody some gin, and we taste it, and we're like, <laughs> and we're like, "Wow, yeah. this is really good." And yeah, I said, we great. said to the guy, somebody's like, well, did you make this? And he goes, well, I couldn't have because he didn't have his license. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, wonderful. <laughs> That's right. And I remember he said, like, the, you know, there's, there's ways to make gin. There's like a good way and a bad way. The good way is as this stuff is distilling, you put all the botanicals into like a, into like a bag inside of the still, kind of like a, tea, a big tea bag. So as, this, as the alcohol is evaporating, uh, you know, it goes through this and it picks that up and that's how it comes out. Uh, he's like, but then, you know, like the, the bad ones are the ones that are like, you know, they add flavorings at the end. And that's that's not how like I, I plan like on essential doing Essential oils like dripping right. in. The, yeah, that's yeah. the that's the Fugazi, Fugazi <laughs> gin. Yeah, I, well, I just, uh, I just yeah, brought I up that... Falcon Spirits on their browser and uh, they're there and they got some very, very pretty looking botanical gins and uh oh, yes oh, awesome. all right i want to look for that thanks for reminding very me of cool. the name tom very that's cool. great um okay so 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 we just learned a little bit of how to make it you know or or you know top, beginning of, and then we learned how heavily regulated it is and how you know you could potentially get into a little bit of trouble if you know you try to 
try to sell it. So, so let's just say, hypothetically speaking, Joseph, mm-hmm. if 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 you had some leftover, uh, oh, so hold on. So let me take a step back. <laughs> you you had the courage to make to make this this dream a reality, and uh-huh. and you made and you actually made some delicious bourbon. But he, but, but some, some, beyond beyond that, I mean, he started a legitimate business that was like on the up yeah. and up, regulated. You know, filled out all the paperwork. Like, this yeah, wasn't, no, legit. Yeah, opened yeah. a distillery. He opened a distillery. <laughs> so Tom and I went to one. You know, we worked one day to help make couple, this happen. A couple of days, painted, painted the ceiling. Yeah, that was like there was like it was all grunt work. You know, yeah. none of like the 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 romantic part of distilling. It was more like. <laughs> Hey, there's a dead rat in the corner. Would you mind scraping it off? Oh, then we, <laughs> yeah, but then we got cheeseburgers afterwards. It was great. I mean, no, it was great. That's right. We had great cheeseburgers afterwards. Where was that cheeseburger place? Some Mexican joint that sell che- made cheeseburgers in East Williamsburg. That's right. Oh, it was yeah. Good. So yeah, so you you went ahead and, and did this. So so yeah. okay. So so Joseph, can you remember that story? Can you tell us that story about your actual business that you did this with? Yeah. So like. Uh... Yeah, so, I mean, kind of how it all came about was, I guess it was about, like, 2010, and I had started this, I had started, like, a post-production, a small post-production company here in New York, and things have been going, like, you know, really well for a while, but I kind of saw, like, you know, the industry changing, and I was like, okay, well, you know, one day I'm going to want to sidestep out of this, uh, but what am I going to do? So I started kind of, like, you know, fishing around for ideas of like, you know, a, a, a new business basically. And I had like a bunch of like weird ideas and like, you know, I, you know, auditioned a bunch of weird ideas with like, you know, girlfriends and, you know, friends. And I was, I was kind of at a loss, you know, but I, it was at a weird time too, because like I had, I'd lived in Manhattan and I had this great apartment in Chinatown, but it didn't have a kitchen. So it's like, I, I just, I didn't cook, you know, uh, and I, and I, I had to, you know, it was, a, it was an awesome apartment. It was so cool. It was, but it was a legal like sublet situation. So I, I, I moved, I, I guess it was like 2008, 2009 and I moved to Williamsburg and I had a real kitchen for the first time. So I got really, you know, it's like, I've always been into food, but like, I didn't have a kitchen, so it's like the food I was yeah. into was food I could buy. Uh, so right. I got I got into like making food, and it was about the same time as I was, you know, kind of like you know looking around for a you know business, to, you know, a new new line of work basically. And you know, part of my cooking thing is I started getting into like fermenting, you know, and like making like alcohol, like so. <laughs> so like one of the first things I made was like cider, and you know I I I bought this. There's this great book. Uh, everybody knows that it. it's called, you know, the Wild Fermentation. Uh, Send our cats. Um, and there's like a really simple recipe in there for making cider, where it's, you know, like of course the idea is that you know yeast are ever present in the environment. You know, so they, you know, if you set something out that they like to eat, you know, something sugary, they'll start, you know, eating it and making alcohol. Uh, and I was kind of like, I was a little bit in disbelief about it. You know, I was like, I read it. I was like, okay, well, I understand this. I understand this concept, but, but like, does it work? Uh, so, (laughs) so I went to the farmer's market and I bought like a, you know, like a, like a gallon jug of cider and I just stuck it on my windowsill for a couple of days and yeah, it started to bubble. 
And I just, I knew so little about like making alcohol and I knew so little about fermentation that like when I was getting ready to drink the cider, I was like, it was like, oh my God, am I going to poison myself? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, so hold know. on. So what's, what, what are you supposed to do with that? You leave it out and then, and then, and then yeah, you just, just yeah, you just leave it out and there's yeast everywhere and the yeast are attracted to the sugar and they start fermenting the cider and you know, you'll, you'll see it bubble. And like a yeah. couple of days later, you, you, you know, it's like a low, it's like a low percentage right. of alcohol. It's probably about 4%, but you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's really nice. Um, huh. and so like this kind of started, like this started kind of got me going on this like fermentation, alcohol making road. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, where the idea for the distillery kind of hit was it was, you know, I, I, I'd heard about craft distilling and I was like, okay, well that sounds really cool and interesting and that's fermentation and that's alcohol making. And but what does it actually like look like? And it was, I guess it was like, you know, I, I, I think it was, you know, Kings County distillery, their famous distillery yeah. here in Brooklyn. And, you know, those guys started in their kitchen uh, basically. And they started under this whole farm, farm distillery permits, uh, you know, mm -hmm. revolution, you know, they were one of the first uh, permitted farm distilleries in Brooklyn. And I saw that they were like, you know, they were giving like a distillery tour. So I was like, okay, well that, that sounds interesting. So I, I remember like the L train was broken down and like the weather was really crappy. It, like I, I had to ride my bike uh, to get out to this like <laughs> warehouse, like in East New York right. that like, I mean, it was super sketchy, like, you know, yes. industrial, nobody's around you know which you know if you're a new yorker and there's no people around that's like danger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know it's like you got a bicycle yeah we actually for it. feel right. safer when there's a million people around you know um mm -hmm. so so i was like there's nobody gonna there's, nobody's gonna be here it's like the weather's shitty the train's broken down and i went up to this you know this little room and there's like a line of like 50 people like what do you need to get into like this 150 square foot room where these these right. dudes are like making whiskey on like these little teeny tiny hobby stills yeah look like science experiments like something you'd see like in a lab like these little tiny things yeah and what really struck me was i was like wow people are really excited about this you know it's yeah. like i mean no, nobody ever got excited about you know like you know it's like you have the elevator talk where you get in the elevator and it's like oh what do you do and it's like oh well i run this post-production business and then, you know it was like nobody was ever interested or excited about that you know it was <laughs> it was my livelihood and it paid my rent but it's like nobody right. gave nobody cared about it <laughs> right so you know but at whiskey i was like wow people are super excited about this like right. you could like if you started a distillery like you could really create like a buzz it's true and it was it was also kind of at the time you know there was this kind of like I guess there was this sweet spot in like 2000, I want to say it was like 2007 to like 2016, where it's like, if it said made in Brooklyn, like people just wanted to buy yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like the post, it was like the post like vodka also uh, kind of movement, right? Like the vodka yeah. thing had been like totally exhausted yeah. and people were moving into like this craft. Put something in a, put something in a frosted cocktail. barrel. You know, or yeah. a frosted bottle, and, and they'll buy it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, it was it was kind of a yeah it was a it was just at this kind of moment where it's like okay, well you know, you know local local is a thing, made in Brooklyn is a thing, mixology is a thing, whiskey is a thing, and 
you know, I kind of, I kind of left that place and I was like, wow, you know, it's like, I, I left that day. I was like, I, I want to start a distillery. Uh, so they were, they were, those guys really inspired me and just, just yeah. the excitement around like what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of like, you know, set about, you know, figuring out distilling, <laughs> right. You know, and it was, you know, I mean, it was this really r- long and ridiculous process of like trying stuff and it not working and asking dumb questions and taking notes and like spending money on things that, you know, didn't work, you know, and it was, it was, it was kind of like this very long process of like figuring it out. But, you know, it was, it was, it was something I kind of understood because, you know, like in, like very early in my days of photography, it's like everything was still done in the lab, you know? So like some of my first, like actually my first job that I got a paycheck for, I was working in a photo lab uh, part-time, you know, mixing, mixing chemistry, um, which was a crazy job for like a 16 year old, but it's like, I, yeah. I, I knew how to do it because it's like, you know, I had, I had actually been, you know, had said, you know, my mom was an art teacher we just did stuff yeah. like this, you know? So it's like when I was 13, I had a dark room in, in our house, you know? So it's like, it was very easy to, you know, get a job, you know, at like a one hour photo type place, you know, where I could go in. I, I knew what stop bath was. I knew what fixer was. So it's like, mm-hmm. so kind of like, you know, like that part of it, the, the lab aspect, like made a lot of sense to me, you know? So measuring mm-hmm. things and, you know, weighing fluids and, you know, figuring it out. The chemistry uh, of it. The, yeah. the chemistry of yeah. it. So that, so that made a lot of sense. And then there was this kind of like cool, you know, mysterious organic fermentation thing that was like super exciting. And I've, I'm still like, you know, I still think that this is like, you know, to me, it's pro- probably one of the most interesting parts of like beer making and distilling and wine making is, you know, the fermentation aspect. Uh, I can't believe you're not mentioning at the end you get to drink the stuff and you get a buzz yeah, and, then and you get, then has you, a good time. I mean, it's kind of like stuff. amazing. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the best part. And then you're like, hey, guys, you want to try my, my booze? And then they're like, sure. Hey, yeah. The stuff is really good. Right? Yeah. And you know, so, yeah. And people, you know, people like what you make and they drink it and they have a good time. And yeah. So it's like, so yeah, it kind of started this whole long process, you know, and it's like, it was, it was kind of funny because it's, you know, like the way that the permitting works, it's like you have to, you know, to apply for the permit, you actually have to have the space that you're going to use, you know, it's like, and it's, I think, I think it's similar for bars too. You know, it's like, if you want to open a bar, it's like, you have to get the bar space, you know, build out the bar. You You got to have blueprints for it. Right. You got to like, yeah, you have, you, you know, you have to own the land. There has to be some sort of tangible. There's a big upfront investment. So it's like, I had, so like one of the very first things I had to do, like, you know, before I even applied for the permit was like, figure out where I was going to do it. Uh, so it's like, I, I went around to, you know, some spaces in Brooklyn and I talked to some landlords and I was like, Hey, I want to have a distillery here. And they're all like, I, I basically might as well have said meth lab, you know, because they were like, <laughs> they're like, like, no, what, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think they're, you know, they're, they're most right. of their tenants were like, people with computers or people yeah. with art stuff, you know, and it's nobody like, was nobody, nobody had like uh, any kind of heating equipment working with, uh, with uh, potentially explosive uh, liquids. Yeah. So, so that was, <laughs> so, so, so that was kind of like a challenge in the, and that was the first challenge was to find a space and, you know, f- you know, 
finally it's like i you know kind of like stumbled upon i i'd heard about like the pfizer building and like you know it being turned into this kind of like maker space uh so i went out there and i was just i was really enamored by the place because it was like a you know it was like an abandoned pharmaceutical you know it was crazy crazy building yeah never seen anything like it in my life yeah 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 it was amazing like uh, the lobby was like if i remember correctly it was like totally it was like built in the 50s and it looked like a museum like you walked in Mm -hmm. right yeah, it's so had open it up. Yeah. Yeah, like all the all the, you know, I, I guess the story was like Pfizer, you know, they it was their original site, you know, that they started the company at in like 18 something. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they just kept expanding it at that site. And then at a certain point, it became like totally antiquated and like their facilities in, you know, you know, Jersey and upstate were like way more, way more advanced. So they, they closed this building. Uh, but it was also kind of like, you know, it's like, what do you do with this hundred year old pharmaceutical plant? You know, it's like yeah. it filled, filled up with all these like obscure, like pipes and systems and rooms with lasers in them. And right. like, yeah. And, but like the floors, like from, you know, the building had been grown like organically you know, it was like, as they needed more space, they just added on, like the floors didn't match up, you know, like, yeah. The, yeah. you know, it was like the third floor in one building is like connected to a building where there wasn't a fourth floor. It was totally bizarre. Metal yeah. staircases, holes in the some ceiling. Rooms were like, like, some rooms were like fireproof with like crazy doors and like yeah. huge thick walls with like fire uh, retardant equipment that was like old and not working. Yeah. Weird like you know, instruments everywhere. Incubators. Yeah, it was, like it, it looked amazing. like it, there was one, the one room that looked like a scene from uh, like Alien. You know, it had like plastic <laughs> yes. incubators mm, that could right. hold like, or, you know, or something, I don't know, like a horror movie. I mean, it was like crazy. <laughs> I have great photos from that day. I'll, I'll see if I can find the yeah. link. Uh, and we're just send them out. It's amazing. Yeah, it was. It, so you it did was... it. So, but you did it. So so like like it, it must have been a couple of years after you you went to Petaluma that 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 you you finally got this thing off the ground, right? Yeah, I think you know I took you know I found the space, uh, you know, and I I I kind of started with a you know like a, I mean it was it was dirt cheap, uh, but I still had to sit on it for like a, like a year and a half while I applied Damn. for the permit. You know, That's so it's crazy. So, yeah, it's like I had this like, you know, like empty room, you know, just kind of waiting to get the, the permit. Yeah. And, and then when, you know, and I, and I was also very like, was very uncertain about the pro, you know, the permitting process and like what was, you know, what was legal. You know, I, I was working with a lawyer, kind of like an old school, like New York uh, liquor attorney. <laughs> and, you know, he was like, he, he was great, you know, but he's like. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. You know, yeah, it could work. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh... yeah, you know, so it's like it was kind of this, you know, and then like every now and then, like, you know, I I'd, I'd check in with him and it's like, he'd be like, uh, it's looking good, you know, <laughs> and I'd it's be like, good. 90, 90 more days. It's looking I'm, good. I'm like, yeah. OK, uh, it's it's Leonard, no problems. Leonard no progress, but no problem. Good, you know, we can we can we can slap a coat of paint on the room now because you know uh, Leonard says it's looking good, you know, and, and then it'd get a little bit further along, and then he'd be like, you know, I'd call him again. He was like, "Yep, yep, it's looking good." And you know, I'm like, "Okay, well, I guess we can buy stuff now to put in the room," you know. Uh, wow. 
so it was kind of like it was this you know slow process of adding stuff and you know and it was you know i had no idea what i was doing i was like i was like so you so <laughs> it took a year and a half until you finally like started making whiskey from the time like you, you picked the place roughly yeah i mean i was i was bootlegging at home you know like you know or, <laughs> right you gotta learn oh well, sure can I, can I say that now <laughs> you know so as like as long as you're not selling it apparently it's fine yeah you know it's like you know and i, I think every that's that's what everybody does it's like it, it takes so it takes so long to get your permit, but it's like you need to you kind of need to get started at yeah. least at least experimenting and figuring, you know, figuring your shit out, you know, like. Um, so, yeah, it's like I was making I was making little test batches, batches on the down low, uh, you know. So, yeah, so that that's kind of where it started. You know, I got I got my permits, you know, I got got my license. And then at that point, it's like, you know, things kind of started to, you know, it. At that point, it became official, you know. So I think, kind of like the first, the the first thing that I rolled out, it wasn't even really a product. It was just kind of like a, you know, a tester. It's these little like, hundred, right. hundred and fifty milliliter bottles. I have, I have bottles. one of those. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. There's, yeah, yep. yeah. I do. Little, I do. Those little brown, you know, kind of like yes. medicine bottles. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was kind of that was kind of a test. Just to like see. a geometric shape, kind of like your tattoo on it, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. The, yep. Uh, yeah. And, and then, you know, and, and it was also kind of like this process of like, okay, well, you know, you know, can we, can we make something that we're going to sell, you know? So it's like, so you, you start to try to figure out that too, you know, it's just this very kind of like long, expensive process, you know, like, uh, you know, finding the bottles, you know, and it's like getting, you know, like I spent so much time trying to like find the right bottle but then trying to figure out how to fill the bottle the right way, you know, and this, this is something that kind of like bedevils all distillers because it's like, you have to, you have to fill your bottle to, you know, to the exact volume, but every bottle is a little different, you know, and it's like, you know, so it's like, there's, there's machines that do this, but they're kind of expensive. So it's like, if you don't have a machine, you have to figure out how to do it semi accurately by hand to a lot of bottles <laughs> to do it by, what do you do it by weight what's the best way to do that you know yeah so i i think that i think the thing that i worked out was like i just kind of like i i took I a, I, yeah I, t- I took a bunch of bottles and i filled them up with a measured amount and i made a line on each bottle and i'm like ah. i'm like okay that's about where it needs to be <laughs> <laughs> Well, because because you know it, it, it's possible, right? That a a uh, auditor could go, or you know, somebody could go to like the liquor store and buy one of these mm-hmm. and pour it out. And you say it's three hundred seventy-five milliliters, and they pour out three hundred seventy-four, and then you get a recall, right? Like yeah. this, is, in theory, could happen. Yeah, it's and there's all this like in theory stuff that like when you're a distiller, yeah. it just just kind of like haunts you. You know, it's like. Right. But in reality, it's like I don't. I I, I kind of feel like, yeah. There's no there's there's no pilot at the wheel. On this <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just it's just it's gotten it's gotten so big now. Probably they can't they can't possibly keep up. No one's yeah. gonna bust, uh, you know, a distiller working at the Pfizer building because he's got 374 milliliters. So okay. Yeah. So so hold on. So we jumped a couple of steps. So mm. so you're you're working at home. You're 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 trying some stuff out. A year and a half happens. You finally get the stuff coming out of a still, like legitimately. Mm. 
you figure out how to fill up these bottles. Actually, no, before you fill up the bottles, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta age. This is the other part of distilling, which is yep. expensive. Yeah. You gotta once once you finally get the stuff out of the still, you gotta sit on it. Yeah. Age it. Yeah, because no, nobody wants the unaged stuff. <laughs> no, because it's it's harsh and it's hot, and it's hard to yeah, drink. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, the, you know the you know so that that's something I, I that's something I kind of realized like early on I was like okay well the thing that you know it's like you know I, I think like a lot of distillers you know who want to make whiskey it's like you know they they get set up and there's this pressure to start selling something so they put out like a an unaged an unaged whiskey you know and white and like, dog they call white it. white dog you know it's like some people you know kind of brand that... it as like moonshine yeah uh, so I was about to say is it moonshine yeah so that's and it's like. I... I mean, it, you know, I mean, I'm from Tennessee, so it was like, you know, when people say moonshine, I'm like, oh, is it really moonshine, or is it just, <laughs> is it, is it just unaged whiskey? Uh, <laughs> um, so like, yeah, so it's like, but I was like, okay, well, that doesn't, you know, in a in a way, that doesn't kind of make a lot of sense because, you know, nobody really wants to buy it, you know, and a, a lot of, you know, a lot of store buyers that I talk to, they're like, yeah, we've got ten of these and they never sell, we don't want anymore. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I have this like really small, super limited production. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go straight to whiskey. Um, so, and, and that, that was actually, you know, that was something I did right. I feel like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, because I, you know, did come out the door with the whiskey, like I, my sales were pretty good actually, you know, uh, for, Mm -hmm. for a new person who didn't know what they were doing and, you know, didn't know anything about you know, how to price things and, you know, was still trying to figure out production. Uh, so yeah, it's like, that was kind of like, that was kind of a, like a, a dumb, but good move. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and how long did you have to wait? How long did you age it for? So, so the barrel size kind of just determines the, the time that you're aging, you know? So I was using five gallon barrels. So it's like, because of the, the surface area, a barrel to fluid in the barrel, you know, you, you, you extract at a certain rate, you know? So it's like, you know, like it's not accelerated aging. It's just, you have more surface area. So you're extracting more. So it's like, it's making a, it's, it's kind of like if you, you know, took a tea bag and you, you know, put it in a, a you know, a gallon beer stein, versus like a shot glass, you know, you're just going to get a stronger tea out of the shot glass, you know, because right. there's, there's less fluid to, you know, to tea. Um, right. So it's kind of the same way with barrels, you know, I mean, I was kind of, that was my analogy for people is like a barrel is basically like a tea bag, you know? Uh, right. So, so five gallon, five gallon barrel, like it's a bit, it's about a three month aging period. I, I mean, for me, that's, that's kind of optimal because you do, you do, if you, if you leave it in a small barrel too long, you can actually over extract and it becomes like too heavily oaky, um, mm-hmm. you know, which I mean, you know, oak, the oak taste is desirable, but if it's, if it's overpowering, you know, right. some people don't find that appealing, you know, so there, Got it. there is kind of the sweet spot and it's like the bigger the barrel, the longer you can age it because of this extraction to surface area ratio, you know? So if if you have a 25 year old whiskey, you know, it's probably aged in like a, you know, a really big barrel, like a, you know, like a, like a hundred gallon or something. Um, Got it. That's very cool. So, okay. So five gallons. So let's, I'm going to bookmark five gallon barrel because that's going to (laughs) be, 
<laughs> so I have a couple of questions it's about gonna be that important. in a minute. Yeah, it's going to be important in a minute. So, so, so what happened? Why are you not in the JW uh, Overbay business? Oh, anymore? man. Yeah, it was kind of like, it was kind of this, the perfect storm of shit uh, that just all happened at once, you know. I mean, a lot of it had to do with like, you know, you know, I mean, part of it was the space. It's like I had problems with the space. Um, mm -hmm. Like, actually, I was in this situation where I was going to be forced to move uh, uh, and not have my lease extended, which was problematic because, uh, you know, your your liquor license can, is tied to do all the licenses over again. the site, you know. So it's like you have right. to do it again and you have to wait another year. And it's like and and at this point, you know, it's like it, it just happened at a really bad time because it's like. You know, basically all the money, you know, I didn't have investors. I was, you know, basically bootstrapping this all myself. So I had spent all my money to launch my whiskey, you know, and the idea was like, oh, we're going to have sales and that's going to attract investors and we're going to take off from there. And this like shitstorm just landed on me, you know, at the point where I had basically spent all my money and was finally ready to launch my whiskey. And, and then there was just all this stuff happening in my personal life. You know, it's like, you know, you know, broke up with my girlfriend that, you know, we'd been together for a long time. And it was just, it was just, it was just, everything was a mess, you know? And I, I think it was, it was kind of amplified by the fact that I didn't have any partners. I'm, I, I was, it was kind of, you know, it's kind of arrogant, selfish person, I think. And a little bit of that is like hubris, you know, it's like, cause when I, you know, when I had my, you know, I was doing the post-production company, I didn't have any partners. I just managed it all by myself. And, that was great because you know all the money went to me. <laughs> yeah, you also you also make all the decisions. You move fast. Yeah, right? you make you all the decisions. To, there's yeah. no you know there's no you know infighting. There's no disagreement. Sure. You know it's like, uh, but you know like a distillery is a complicated business. You know, and it's like you really do. You know, I, I think the the lesson the takeaway that I learned is like you know you really need partners. You know because there's only so much one person can do. And like when you have a distillery, there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, it's a, it's really, it's a hard business, you know, it's like, right. it's physically hard, it's financially difficult to juggle and you just need, you know, you just need people, support. you know, you need support there, you know? So yeah, it's like, for sure. I think if, you know, if I'd, if I'd had like a couple of partners and, you know, I was going through this crap, you know, it's like, I, I could have said, it's like, okay, well guys, I need to tap out for a couple of months, you know, and right. you need to take the wheel here, but because it was right. just me. You know, right. it, it all kind of just came crashing down, you know, and I mean, and I was, it was, it was definitely like a low point, you know, in my life when this happened, you know, uh, I'd actually like, you know, so I, I'd planned, I had planned all this out that I was going to have a whiskey, I was going to do my whiskey launch in the fall and we're going to sell like crazy until Christmas, which is like the big time for distillers. And then I was going to, you know, take January off and I was going to go to like Thailand for a month and just like beach bum around for, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that for sounds a month. Great. You know, so That's I had it, plan. I had it all planned yeah. out, you know, and then like, then what happened is, you know, it became very clear, like I was going to have to shut down. I still needed to sell my whiskey. So everybody was like super excited. It was like, oh, we're so excited about your whiskey. And then, By the way, your whiskey was delicious also. I oh, would thank just say. you. Like thank on you. top of all that, it yeah. wasn't just like, you know, I mean, it was. It's really, really good. It's yeah, exceptional. I took I took notes yeah. for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Could tell. I took, I took, I took like, notes. Damn, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was like I mean, it was 
yeah so and and it was just rough you know because i had to sell this right. whiskey but i knew i was closing you know i was i was trying everything i could to like you know pull out of it you know but the, you know i talked to some lawyers and they're just like they're just like sorry man they've got you um and you know i i talked to some potential investors to kind of like bail me out but it's like you know when it, like that's the worst time to go invest go to investor. they want to control you would have been totally screwed yeah it's you like they're been. they're just like we're gonna give you no money and we want everything you know because you're right. desperate we know you're desperate and we're gonna take advantage of that because that's what we do um Damn. so 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 i had to close the distillery but i still had this trip to thailand scheduled <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh and I, and I was, I was, I was so, dep- I was so depressed. It's like, I was, I was on the, you know, I, I got my ticket with miles because I'd spent so much, I put so much money on my credit card, like opening the distillery. I had like a shit ton of miles. <laughs> so, so you put what, like two, this was like two years you put into this thing at this point? Like, I mean, not, not I, I, since Petaluma, but like actually since you've been in the Pfizer building. Yeah, I guess it was, that? I, I guess, it, yeah, I guess it was kind of like a two year, it was like a two year long thing. Right. I, I think the kind of the, the research period, you know, extended beyond that. Yeah, you know, it's like, sure. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was like two years of like, you know, two years of like researching, fact finding, trying to figure stuff yeah. out you know, experimenting and then like a legit two years, you know, getting the permit, you know, sourcing the materials. uh, And then it all just kind of blows up, you know, and it's, uh... (laughs) Oh man. But you know, it's like, but I had this trip to Thailand scheduled. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, and it's like, I was, I was, I was so depressed. I was, I was on the plane. I was like, I just hope this motherfucker crashes. I just don't (laughs) I, I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck anymore. You know, it's like, I'm so I'm done, you know? And, but you know, I went to Thailand and I had a great time and I totally, it totally like pulled me out of like this, you know, this depression I was in and I, you know, and I came back and I was like, okay, well there's some hard lessons here, but that's life, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. uh, so incredible. So, so, you know, you made delicious whiskey mm. uh, through no fault of your own. Shit just crashed, unfortunately. <laughs> so, 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 what's left of this to to us outsiders is is you know you sold a few of those bottles, and I and I happen to have two of those bottles, and I mm. still do, mm. right? So, so in in my in my little corner where I have all my booze, right? And this is why you are on the podcast today. I'm just going to fast forward <laughs> to something that happened. Uh, in October of, of last year, uh, Nick came over to California to visit me and I had one of my friends, Jay, over. And this is, you know, during COVID. So we were careful being apart from each other, but inside my house. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and we're sitting there. We're drinking. We're drinking. And I tell my friend, Jay, I'm like, yeah, go, go, go get yourself a refill. Go get yourself. And I have like this Costco bottle of Maker's Mark. That's like, you know. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just my go to. Yeah, I got a couple of like whiskeys makers, in yeah. there. And and I see Jay like you know just coming back with like a full glass of whiskey, just like sipping you know sipping it, sipping it, sipping it. And the night goes on, and I I go over and I see him, and he's he's I have two of these Oberbay, you know, limited edition collector's <laughs> items. <laughs> and and he basically he basically drank one of those bottles by himself. Oh wow, impressive. And I was and I was like, 
what have you done, you motherfucker? <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, I was like, oh my god, have you? Did you just drink this whole thing? He's like, yeah, this is really good. I was like, no shit, I know it's good. I was like, here, drink this swill, and I gave him the makers for the rest of the night. So, so that happened, and I was really upset uh, with him. Uh, but you know, obviously. I would have done the same thing if I would have been in his place. Because these beautiful little bottles, they look like they're boutique like gorgeous. And of course, you tip it and it stays amazing. So then the thing that happened was Google Photos came up and like, hey, this happened eight years ago this week. Right? Oh, wow. And it, was, and it was the picture of us. And okay. I was, like, I was like, hey, Joe, so it's funny this came up. You know, so I sent you a text. Remember this? Look, look what, remember this happened eight years ago, like mm. this week. Oh, by the way, my friend Jay drank one of my two bottles, that motherfucker, right? <laughs> Uh, and then you're like, well, you know, I have, I have some extra. And it was like, dot, 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 dot. And I got all excited. So then we started talking about Mm -hmm. like, okay, okay. So I don't want to get anybody in any trouble with the next part of the conversation. So we can, we can cut this part out or we can say, maybe we could just say, hypothetically speaking, let's just say that hypothetically speaking, Joseph, (laughs) Let's yes. say you happen to have a bunch of leftover unaged whiskey. Yes. Let's just say you had bottled already because you just you had some extra excess inventory. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's totally legal. So the the story of the the, the, the JW Overby stash is that, so I had I did want to keep some of my whiskey like when I closed the company. But it was like it was a little obscure to figure out how to do that, you know. So right. what I did is I bought it from myself. Oh, so you bought Genius. it? Okay, perfect. That's great. So it's legal. Okay, great. Because anybody can okay. purchase something from a manufacturer. Yeah. So I just I bought it for myself, basically. Great. Okay. So perfect. So you and I started talking about this, and you had you 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 floated an idea of. Hey, why don't you buy buy? I was like, I was like, oh, can I have some? And you're like, well, it's not AIDS. I was like, well, what if what if we get you a barrel? And you're like, yeah, just buy a five gallon. And then we started talking back and forth. So I did a little research, and I found, and because you had recommended that I get or that we look at getting a used bourbon five gallon barrel. So I went all through the internet and I found a place that sells them. Awesome. Uh, and and here and here's uh, here. Let me share my screen, I'm, and I'm gonna just walk the listeners through through what I'm about to show here. Um, so what happened was, I, and I, I looked high and low. It's they're actually not that easy to find on the internet, but this is the place that I found it. Uh, it's 175 bucks for an American oak barrel, five gallon use. It's got a one star review from one person. Fuck this guy. <laughs> I actually, I actually contacted the company and I was like, "Hey, what's up with this review?" And they were like, "Yeah, blah blah blah." And they gave me like a nice. So here's here's uh, on my website on on my browser rather. There's this thing it says from the uh, Adventures in Homebrewing dot org website. American oak barrel, five gallon used bourbon. It's 175 dollars. You guys can see my screen, right? My share yeah. this? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. So so it's 175 bucks. It's $25 shipping. I already checked, which is great. But but here, let's say, Joseph, uh, we wanted to get this. Okay, so we are getting this because mm. it is legal. Nick has offered to store this in his house, and okay. it's only going to be for three months. So we got some of the logistics worked out. Uh, okay, so here it is. So do we want to add barrel wax? Uh, yes, please. How, how, no much, how, much, how much is it? It's a three dollars and thirty-seven cents to add barrel wax. Yeah, I'd say go for it, Tony. Yeah, like okay. I mean, at three thirty-seven, what do you what do you? 
I just can, don't want it to impact the flavor. I don't know. You know. I I I, 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 I think just... what I think with the barrel wax, I think if if you've got a little leak or something, you can put some wax on it. I, th I think that's the got that's it. What they're selling oh, for. I see. I see. Okay, good. Okay. And if and if you don't Hopefully. use it, you can probably just put it on your like surfboard or something. Nice. All right, Nikki, that's yours. Okay, and then there's this other option here, as you can see. Add klepto barrel thief. Nikki, don't no. care. That's forty dollars. What the hell is that? No, you, you don't need that. I, the thief is just it's it's like a long pipe and it has a hole in the ends, and when you put the hole in, it allows you to pull some out of the barrel. Like you, you don't need that. You can just use a straw. Okay, you don't want that. Okay, good. Okay, and then the last option here is add barrel oxy fresh cleaning compound for eight bucks. For one bar for a one pound barrel. Uh, yeah, we're we're not gonna clean this barrel. Okay, no thank you. Alright, that's it. Alright, we're gonna add it to the cart. Alright, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> you see I already have it in here in my We're buying stash. it now? Alright. I mean Yeah, I'll 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 do the uh, I'll do the paperwork after. But okay, I just wanted to make sure I wanted to go through the uh, the options there and I wanted to do it live. Alright, that's nice. it. Very nice. Okay, so so let's just work about the talk about logistics. So so I will ship this to the Nick's hypothetical house. logistics. No, 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 because he bought it. It's all legit. It's all oh, legal. That's right. We're gonna <laughs> fucking buy the shit. We're gonna buy this barrel. And okay, so I also worked out some math here, Joseph. Mm. Tell me if this math adds up, okay? Okay, here I'm gonna show you my my math here. Oh, nice. Hold on. Let me I, just, excellent noodles. Notes. What is that? Yeah, this is my notes. Hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna change my background to no. No background because I think it's going to interfere. Okay, so check it out. So here's here's my math, okay? Mm. So here's a barrel. Okay. Right, so it's a five-gallon barrel, which equals uh, 19,000 milliliters, mm. and which equals to uh, – what does it say? Yeah, 50, 50 of those little bottles. Does okay. that make sense? 50? Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. You know, It's like I – what were they? I think your bottles are 375. Uh, is that right? No, yeah, yeah, their yeah, their bottles are yeah, they're three seventy yeah, they're three seventy fives. Uh, yeah, and I think I think the proof is good. Like I don't think it would need to be diluted any. Um, oh right, right. I think, I think it's I think it has the right amount of water in it actually to to go into a barrel. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. I mean, even if you don't like fill it up all the way, it's like that's okay. right, right. But you do you have fifty bottles of it? I think no so. Wait. Wow. Okay. Is that right? Somebody I mean... check my math. Can you guys check my math here? Five gallons into milliliters. Yeah, that works out. About? Okay, perfect. So about fifty. Yeah, it's like about fifty. I, so I did then... the seven fifty and seven fifty milliliters. I didn't know how how many that was, and it said twenty five. So right. Uh, yeah. So it's about fifty bottles. Yeah, I think. Beautiful. Let's see. The Emma divided by. Right, and then I got this angel share here. See, I put a little halo there. And I put I put 10% because I don't know how long it was going to be, but in three months, 10% seems high. You're not going to lose 10% in three months. Yeah, I mean, you, you can also you can probably also add a little bit of water to it as well, and that will that will help Got keep it. the barrel hydrated. You know, Got it's it. like the cool. you, like in a, in a distillery, it's like you you, you kind of want because you want to utilize the barrels to the fullest extent. You know, you want to kind of have the highest proof. That right. still has the adequate amount of water in there, but it's like if you're right. just if you're just aging it, you can actually put more water in it because you don't. Got you it. know, it's like you're not concerned with barrel efficiency. Um, Got it. Got it. All right, so so that's that's you right there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
right? Uh, and that's, you said you wanted a case of this. So 12 bottles. Is that what a case is in, in your world? So it's, sure. uh, so is it, I think it's, oh my God. Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's 12 bottles or maybe okay. it's, maybe it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 12 bottles. Okay. 12 bottles. Uh, and then, all right. So then that's, yeah. So that's 45, 12. Okay. So then the syndicate, that's what we're calling the team that's going to invest <laughs> in this barrel. That's right. There's five of us. There's five of us. Uh-huh. Um, so we, so minus your case, that's 33 bottles. So we each get approximately six bottles in the okay. syndicate. That's so Nikki, because you're doing Nikki, because you're stashing the, you know, you get a little extra cause there's going to be nah. like three ish left over. It's okay. Well, we'll so that's it. it that's the, Take that's, the extra, that's Nikki. My, don't don't, don't 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 uh, take it. <laughs> All right. I just I just hope my kids don't go in there with a straw and take it. Yeah, that's the only danger. Our kids are I'm more worried about like one of Nikki's like dozens of cousins coming in. So, but and, but like, the, the, seeing like that's Corona time. No one's here. Just just so we don't just so we don't mess it up, right? So what we do we we fill it up with with Nikki's Long Island water, get the barrel so it stops leaking, dump it out, and then fill it up with the with the booze, right? Yeah. So you want to, so the, the first thing you want to do is you want to, you want to hydrate the barrel. So it's like, you'll, you'll need to fill it up with some, uh, dechlorinated water, um, dechlorinated. Yeah. So, and, and that's easy. You just, you know, like you take your, your lobster pot, you boil, boil some water, let it sit overnight. The chlorine yep. evaporates and, you know, you just let it cool down. Uh, I mean, if you wanted to do it Overby style, uh, you'd actually yes. you'd you'd actually soak the whole barrel. Uh, oh. But, oh, yeah. So there's yeah. So that that was one of my little secrets too. Is like uh, <laughs> yeah. So like I mean, the the typical way to like prep a barrel is to to turn it on its end and fill it halfway with water. You know, so basically up to the the bung hole, uh, <laughs> and let it you know with hot oh. wa- hot water. Let it sit overnight and then empty it and then flip it over and then fill the other. so you're basically hydrating one side at a time so mm-hmm. so i'm like okay well that's you know that's why everybody's like five gallon barrels like taste like you know they're licking an oak tree it's like it was, you know it's like right, this is not right, right. this is not sufficient that's good so, to know that's good to know that's where the garbage can could come in handy because you yeah so that's exactly what i did is i actually wow. i had these 50 wow. it all comes together these fifty, wow. these fifty-gallon like plastic barrels, and I'd I would fill it up with water, and so put like I could fit two barrels in, and I would totally submerge them overnight, you know, and that would like, that would super hydrate the barrel because that would like wet the outside in addition to the inside, so there was like no leakage at all, uh, and it also like extracted a little bit of the you know the the over oakiness. But I think since, right, so, I think since you guys have a bourbon barrel and it's already been used once, it's like, yeah, I, I don't I don't think you need to worry about that. I, I think as long as it's it's properly hydrated, you won't have any leaks just, or anything. Yeah, I just need to okay. make sure that yeah the staves are so it doesn't leak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I okay. just yeah I just fill it up fill it up with water and then you know, I mean it's gonna it's gonna leak in the beginning you know, until the wood swells, you know, and just, just keep filling it up with water like overnight. So like I'd, I'd stick it, I'd stick it in the bathtub and <laughs> just, you know, just, just, you know, just start filling up with water. It might, it might actually take two days. You might want to give it like a shower, you know, and then let it sit overnight oh my God, 
empty it out and then fill it with the the water the dechlorinated water Mm -hmm. and and then let that sit and so it fully fully swells up oh so when you wash it in the shower regular water only when you're you fill it yeah i think yeah yeah it's like it's it's kind of for the inside you know and that's that's just kind of being overly cautious you know yeah of course you you don't have any you, you know because you do have like a limited quantity of booze to put in here you don't want to lose any uh so you just, right. just want to make sure the barrel is like super super moist uh barrel tight this is amazing all right this is this is the plan all right Sweet. so i'm gonna put in this order uh in approximately four months or so we can we can have this uh this delicious sweet delicious foods you're gonna ship it to Back. Nick's house Back. yeah i'm gonna ship it I'm gonna ship it to Nick's house. How do we get the How do we get the bottles, your purchase bottles, to Nick's house? How do we uh, so so you guys let me know when you, know, when you got the barrel and when are, you're ready. where are they? Are they in your Are they in your apartment? Uh, no. So I I keep them in I, I have a, a storage unit because if they were in my apartment, I would drink them. <laughs> <laughs> so they're 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 in a storage unit down by the Guanas Canal. Safe away from me. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Do we want to? Uh, do we want to just get like some Brooklyn water before, or do we want to like you know mix it up with Long Island water? I feel like there's something kind of weird about that. I feel like, like we can get like out of, out of you know the, to like Brooklyn water. You mean out of the canal? Like well, maybe not out of the well, canal. They, but, they, you know, you know they're cleaning that up now. It's it's fresher than it's ever been, Tony. Oh God. Yeah. Right, go for it. Go for it. Long Island water. It is. <laughs> all right so so uh so yeah so we'll get we'll get your address from and then we'll we'll figure out how to go pick it up all right okay um, yeah or, um i have a car so i could i could drop it off i don't mind taking a little field trip you guys, if you guys need i don't know if you if if uh i have you know from my home brewing days i have the bottle filling equipment um oh yeah that all so might be useful uh i'm, I'm willing i'm totally willing if... to come into the city i got a big truck i can whatever oh, in the cool. back. it's all coming together you see it's very liquid just as the olden <laughs> days how a, everybody's this is rolling. how a syndicate operates you know <laughs> right all right so stay tuned listeners for uh in approximately four or so months uh we're gonna be round two delicious delicious hooch <laughs> uh well well thank you so much for joining us joseph this is yeah, yeah. amazing you are you are doing something totally different now with your life I mean, still uh, yeah, kind of in the media world, but, but yeah, sort of. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm making a documentary about sochu making. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like I, I, you know, I don't know. Sometimes like the, you don't, you don't really realize the path you're on until like you're, like well down it. You know, so it's like, you know, right. the open opening of the story had some like kind of like residual effects, uh, and I actually, you know. Because, you know, one thing I was, you know, before I made whiskey, I actually was really interested in making sochu. Um, hmm. And just because, you know, I don't know, I'm weird like that. Uh, and I'm like into sochu. Uh, so, but I realized it was like almost impossible to do uh, properly, you know, if you're not in Japan. So I quickly <laughs> changed gears to whiskey, which made a lot more sense, you know, uh, right. since, you know, U.S. is, you know, more of a corn place than a rice place um so uh yeah so like but because of my weird research tangent into sochu making it's like i i made all these friends in the sochu making world and that led to like me going to uh 
this little teeny town called Ichiki Kushikino to to start a documentary about like the sochu making family that's been making a uh, sochu for five generations now. Um, wow. Yeah, so it started like so the whiskey making like even though the distillery crashed, you know, it's like it, it kind of like started this like new tangent that has mm-hmm. has also been very you know interesting and enriching you know for me personally uh so like i i think if i'd never started the distillery i would have never met my soju friends and if i'd never met my soju friends i would have never gone to japan to to shoot uh and that kind of opened up this other door like into like new york filmmaking community where i have like all these new friends now who are you know just making documentaries so it's like so yeah, it's it's been a, it's been an interesting journey. That's wonderful. When wow. when is the film uh, coming out? You know, uh, we it's you know post production's taken a long time, uh, but I have a great editor. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna try to launch it kind of after COVID dies down a little bit, you know, because we mm-hmm. wanted to do you know I wanted to kind of want try to launch it last year, but it, maybe it was a little premature, and then COVID hit, and you know we'd always wanted to do these kind of like hybrid you know, film slash Sochu Japanese food events. And, mm-hmm. and then COVID kind of like threw a wrench in that. And, and sure. I was just like, okay, well, if, if I can't do that, I'm going to be disappointed. So right. I'd rather just, I'd rather just, you know, keep working on the film, you know, wait a little while until, you know, we can all get together again and, you know, do that. So the kind of the, the plan right now and, you know, knock on wood, you know, uh, COVID improves over the summer and we can do even some small live events like in the fall. Uh, right. so, that, so that's kind of the plan right now. It's a hell of a plan. I think the fall is going to be quite an amazing time to be alive. Lots of things are going to be coming out of, you know, out of, out of the woodworks, all this creativity is just going to explode. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. People are going to be able to, to hang out again. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, well, well, thank you again. Yeah. Uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, and thank you for joining us. Um, it was lovely, lovely to speak to you. And, and, uh, <laughs> man, I can't wait to drink this whiskey. It's going to be so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Super excited. Um, okay. So we will see you uh, guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye. No, the, the goodbyes are always awkward. We got to work on the goodbyes. <laughs> you, need, you need a signature, like, going yeah, out we need, like, a Yeah. And that's the week. And uh, that's, I don't know. And that's the intellectual for the week of that's gorgeous right that's pretty good yeah